A group of superstar performers are disgraced when it's revealed that their routines have been stolen. Will they return to their former glory with the help of a new choreographer? This week's episode is Bring It On versus ABCD2. everyone. Welcome to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, a podcast that answers the question, didn't I see this somewhere? From two movie aficionados. My name is Shady and here with me as always is my dance partner, John. But we're pleased to announce that this week we actually have two guest choreographers with us. (laughs) Our friends, Tony Williams and Danielle Colangelo from the podcast, Point Your Toes. Thanks for having us, friends. Yeah, thanks Yay! for having us. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, thank you for joining us. I'm very excited about this. Uh, this is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right, so as I said in the intro, this week we are doing Bring It On and ABCD2. Bring It On was released in 2000. It was written by Jessica Bed- Bedinger. Bedinger, yes. Sure. <laughs> and directed by Peyton Reed. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 63% and a Metacritic score of 52 out of 100. And that has 13 positive reviews, 14 mixed reviews, and four negative reviews. Hmm. It's also been called the Citizen Kane of cheerleading movies. So I do just want to put that out there. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'm here for it. And I <laughs> What other leading movies do we have? Love a, it. Love everything about it. Yeah. Exactly. Besides, it's, the, besides the franchise. Um, let's see, there's Sugar and Spice. I like that movie too. That's about cheerleaders who rob a bank. <laughs> it is. I love that movie too, actually. <laughs> it's a great movie. Anyway, the IMDb summary for Bring It On is a champion high school cheerleading squad discovers its previous captain stole all their best routines from an inner city school and must scramble to compete at this year's championships. Yeah. 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 That accurate. That's yep. it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's basically the whole movie. <laughs> and then ABCD2 was released in 2015. It was written by... Please, please excuse me. I'm going to do my best with these names. Remo and Tushar Haranandani. Haranandani, yes. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> with dialogue by Mayor Puri, and it was directed by Remo. Its Rotten Tomatoes score is uh, 54%. It does not have a Metacritic score, probably because it's a Bollywood movie. It has three reviews, though, and they're it all does. mixed. Okay. So we can 60s and a 40. So, so we can fairly say it has a metacritic score of like 55. 55. Okay. Okay. And the IMDb summary is based on the true story of the fictitious dance group, their rise to fame, sudden downfall, and their heroic attempt to seek vindication by regaining their lost pride and glory. Yeah, sure. that's, <laughs> it's not inaccurate. It's just a confusing way to word all of that. I'm going to say based on is a, uh, is a, is a <laughs> loose term. 
That's the, I would say that's my first confusion. Um, I have to be this person and shout them out just because me and Daniel are choreographers. The choreographer for Bring It On is Anna Fletcher and yeah. the choreographer for uh, AB, A, B, C, D, <laughs> is uh, the director of the movie, which is Reno. It's Ramin or Remo. Remo. It's Remo. He also was the choreographer as well, who also had a guest appearance in the movie. Yep. We'll get to that. Oh, I did not realize that. He well, was one thank of the you. Judges in one of the competitions. Yep, he was the first judge in the big competition. The okay. first one where they're like, "You're terrible." He oh. was the guy with the hat. Where like, he just like dragged him over hot coals. Yes. Yeah. Oh that my god, the, they. That really was the director choreographer of the movie. Okay, that like that part was amazing that was to me because Harsh. I was like, okay, okay, you can just say they're disqualified and let them um, go. I'm also like, this is on like national television yeah the worst one is the female judge where she was like your mom died with her anklets on and like anklets in any culture is like the beads that they wear around their ankles when she was like your mom died with her anklets on i'm very disappointed in you she basically said your mom was a dancer and you're garbage huh, like was so i was like oh god well then i do have to say like the dramatics of it they got disqualified and it was like the whole town or the whole city knew and it was like anytime someone saw them they were like you are a piece shit basically i was like okay let's like <laughs> down a couple of notches but bring it on was kind of the same thing too though so like i i love the comparison sorry yeah. i don't want to get you off track but i'm like yeah i mean we could continue with that conversation where yeah. <laughs> i mean it the the differences though is that like it it's shown harder in abcd2 yeah. yeah um the only thing that happens in bring it on is that they're shown at the game when the clovers come and like yeah. everyone votes to change their team but like nothing is said after that about them no copying. then it's kind of like we'll rebuild it but in abcd2 it was like everyone in the town was like you're a terrible human being how dare you like they basically like were like you guys should all like but, never come back and i was like that's very harsh for a dance competition the, okay like i i I get that the settings are different, but the reason why I think it feels the same is because in high school, in like when you're in high school and like the entire school is at that football game, yeah, and like just like that, you feel like your world's ending. Yeah. And for AB, um, for ABCD, too, they were literally like they were all at work, like it was their jobs and like friends and families like supporting them, and so to like. I, I get why, like, it felt like their world was ending, too. So, like, different scenario, yeah. but I'm like, no, if I were in those situations, my world would have ended. So, I like, yeah. I get it. No, it's, like, a very different scale, but it's also the same proportion to sort of where they are in life. Yeah. Yep. Um, Shady, do you have, like, a, a, a plot breakdown of this one? Uh, um, I, I, <laughs> I did try to draw one up. It was a little bit difficult because um, the revelation happens so much sooner in ABCD2 than it happens in Bring It On that it does sort of yes. slow things up a little bit. But basically what I have for plot points is, well, you start off, um, <clears throat> the intro in both movies when you're introduced to sort of the core members of the group that you're following, at first anyway, uh, it's done in sort of a roll call style in Bring It On. It's literally this, it's a Torrance's dream where it's a roll call style cheer where they're all saying their own names and everything. And then in ABCD2, it's a montage of 
people talking about different members of the group, but it's really just like the four members instead of all of the 20 people who are there. Because there are like 20 people in that dance group and you only learn like four of their names at that point. <laughs> um, but like it does give you a little bit of an idea of what their personality is going to be at least. Um, and then we find out obviously during that same time or immediately afterwards we do find out that this is a championship team this is, or group whatever you you want to refer to them as um so they the have a championship team or were they just highly respected because yeah i guess it would you wouldn't say they were a championship team i think it was interesting though because like you know the synopsis is like they're their like rise to fame and then their fall and then like bringing it back. But I was like, there really was no rise to fame yeah. unless that's playing off of, you know, this is a two, right? So this is a sequel. So unless that's playing off of the first movie, because the movie basically opened up with the big reveal, which was they're at this major dance competition TV, like televised show, right? Mm -hmm. All of like world of dance or America's best dance crew. And they, it seemed to me when I was watching it that like they had won before or came in second, like people knew who they were and they were competing again. And then, um, but I was like, there was, there was no like rise to fame. Yeah. That's the thing. Although this is technically a sequel, ABCD, the first one has nothing to do with it. Like Amazing. they have, they Love have the same, they share actors who play basically the same character names, but they are not the same character type. Like Vishnu in the first movie is, a, is still a choreographer and everything, but he breaks off from, his, from a school to start his own group. Mm. And it's more his story. Mm. Um, so my understanding then I guess would be of that like, you know, this group fictitious was like, I guess, yeah, highly respected, maybe won a bunch of competitions, people thought they'd win, but there was no, I mean, the movie started with like the fall. Yeah. There was no malarkey. I tried, I listened, I was trying to be there with it, but the biggest overall issue that I had with ABDC2 um, is that they would, we didn't always get the build up to these plot points, mm -hmm. right? That's where that's what was like, like the, if the exec execution of the scene would be great, mm -hmm. and the choreo where some fabulous stuff happening there, but like we just didn't get the build up to it because, like, literally to me, it felt like with this team and the the before the movie scenes were like we saw them competing over several weeks to get to like the top two teams, mm -hmm. and then at their final performance they copycat. That's why I was like, y'all ain't won shit yet. Like, you literally, like, almost got there. And so I'm like... They uh, also, yeah. they never really explained what that, like, was it actually a copycat thing? Was it, like, a pure coincidence? They never I really explained. I caught two lines. Okay. I caught two lines where they were actually like, yeah, we did cheat. Uh -huh. And for that, we're sorry. But, like, it's literally, like, two lines out of a two-hour and 30-minute movie. I like, think they did copy. But it was weird, right? Because they said they copied that group. Um, from the Philippines. They, yeah, yeah, but then they meet them later in the movie in, in Vegas. And they're, like, so excited to meet them. And, you know, um, what's the group called again? All-Stars. The Philippines All-Stars. Yeah, the Philippines All-Stars are, like, excited to meet fictitious. And there just seems to be, like, no hard feelings. But maybe they didn't know about it. 
No, see, I'm calling malarkey again. Because <laughs> so this is a fun backstory. I have ha- I had a competition dance team. I've gone to battles and things like this. This is something I've literally lived through. They are a lot of fun, but they're also a lot of drama and craziness behind it. So that's why I like both these movies. I'm like, they're not lying. There is no, especially because I remember parts of the movies where they show the two dance teams like side by side, mashing up with certain moves. There is no way the two dance crews that like you stole our choreography even if you're a less dream or not, there's no way there would have not been beef between the Filipino All-Stars and them. Like, there's just no way, like, egos are way too, way too invested. And, in, like, well, you get too many alpha egos in that. So I just had a, I mean, like, dude, also, I get meeting your idols, but, like, mm That's also the thing. Like, the judges even said that they clearly used YouTube to copy things although i'm not sure if it's like the full routine or they at least copied movements of it but if it was just movements of it then it wouldn't be there's no reason to disqualify you right in the real world it would have to be that the the sequencing is exactly the same even if you put it to a different song it would have to be that the sequencing is exactly the same but we're in Bollywood, baby. <laughs> uh, let's see. Then now you brought a good point. We have to jump over to bring it on. So yeah. <laughs> Danielle and I have discussed this in our podcast when we mentioned this movie before. But like Sparky Palastri and like him going down the entire West Coast sharing the same dance routine—that is a real thing that happens more often than serious? more than more dancers yeah. want to own up to, because. So here's the thing, competition routines are typically choreographed in the fall, and then everyone goes away for Christmas break, and they come back in the new year for a competition season. Yeah. So these routines are learned very early, and you just kind of have brush up rehearsals. So you do have choreographers, or you'll have studios, they'll be like, oh, we need to learn a new routine very quickly. Let me bring in an outside choreographer. And an outside choreographer will be like, oh, I'll give you this dance and then I'll use it at this studio. Well, this other studio is at this county and they don't go to the same competitions. So I'm gonna use this exact same dance. Maybe you'll get lucky and they'll change up the music and costumes, but like, it's a very real thing. Like, yeah, I, I've never heard of that happening for a cheerleading squad specifically. Um, but it, I have heard of that happening. No, with dance I teams. haven't heard of that, but I have heard it for dance competitions as well. And it only happens if, like what Tony just said, if the studio hires in mm-hmm. outside independent choreographers, which I already could talk about, like talk for an hour about and have issues with because I don't, your teacher should be able to choreograph yes. a competition routine yes. if you're dubbing yourself a competition studio. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean, it is like, I get it, right? Like, I just, I think that's such an interesting plot point in Bring It On. I. I'm not a cheerleader or former cheerleader myself. I have three sisters who all of them were competitive cheerleaders from the time they were like first grade all the way through high school and uh, did, I've been to hundreds of cheerleading competitions, which is super fun if you yourself are not a cheerleader. (laughs) Um, But I've never seen anything like that happen where um, to squads or two teams have a similar routine similar enough to say that um they were ripped off from each other i've never heard of a high school cheerleading team that didn't have a coach 
This team doesn't have a coach. Yeah, that's right. Can we talk about that? I mean, there's not a single adult. Oh, I did. We see we see Torrance's parents like randomly in a few scenes, but like you don't even there really are no see actual adults. But that's the thing about Bring It On is like it the way that they frame it is like um is like big red, she's the captain, but that means that she also like made all of the routines. Right. And they make it seem like she's been doing it for years too. Did she start off as captain slash choreographer as a freshman? Right. And like never like as a freshman, like I'm confused. And so what I also think about is interesting about Bring It On is so like they find out that like Big Rad is stealing these routines from the Clovers, right? And then mm-hmm. she graduates high school, which also like LOL because she's already looks like she's 35. <laughs> uh, that whole cast. A lot of the news call was a smooth 47. Right. Come no, on. That no, no, whole no. cast. Kirsten Dunst was legitimately 16 years old when they cast her in that movie. She was actually younger than her character. And she wow. was herself a high school cheerleader. So she's I, like she's though, like the she, only actual teenager. Yeah, in that movie. she actually okay. looks younger. But yeah. then it was, but then it happened again, right? So then it was like Kirsten Dunst, who plays Torrance, takes over, which again, it's like, okay, there's no coach. Like, it's just up to the cap, captain to make it. Like, I did, I was on a cheerleading team mm-hmm. for like 10th grade through 12th grade, and we had a coach, and then we had a captain and a co captain. But anyway, it happens again because they end up hiring this outside you know, cheer choreographer who's supposed to be amazing and then they get to a big competition and what happens is they realize that a team goes on before them and has the exact same routine that they do. So I'm like, now it's happened twice to them. Yeah. (laughs) And I will say when you did that, when you were talking about that, and that made me think of like, I, so this is, especially when you're dealing like uh, cheerleading somewhat, but a lot of times they're like dance competitions and me and Danielle discuss this often, there's always certain music that is very popular yeah. every season and every year. So, like, to the point where, like, you can basically, we, if you tell me a popular song, I can either tell you that you're, like, what's happening in the world because you <laughs> hear that song all the time. <laughs> and nothing makes your heart drop more. Like, I just, mm-hmm. it makes me think about bringing on when they hear, it's like, it's time for devastation. Yeah. And they're like, my song. That, I've had that happen where, like, you get such ownership over your song. Yeah. That, like, it's a popular song that's on the radio. Everyone's using a song right now. But they're <laughs> like, that's the reverse that I've gotten to, where I've gone to competition after competition, or even judge, where, like, everyone is using the same song. Mm-hmm. So, like the year that uh, uh, Happy by For Real came out, I was like, if I have one more little kid group dance to <laughs> Happy, I'm going to lose it. Like, oh it's, it's, yeah, it's heart dropping. So like, I definitely felt that when they were like, no, no, and routines were different. But like hearing that music, you're just kind of like, oh my God, I can't. I yeah. Can't. No, it's, uh, I was not a cheerleader. I was in marching band. So that's sort of where I am as far as like the popularity order in my family. Um, three, three cheerleader sisters who, by the way, all of them were captains and I was in the marching band. Um, but the year that, uh, (laughs) there was one season in marching band where like any given competition we went to, we heard another band play the Pirates of the Caribbean score minimum four times that day, minimum four bands that would have that same, that same music. So I feel like that's just the thing that happens in any sort of performance based competition all right so now i have a question for our our lovely friends here um i have obviously both in both movies there's somebody that 
injures their leg. Mm-hmm. Did you understand what actually happened in ABCD2 with yeah. what's her name? I like I was watching it and I like missed it. Are we like, talking I, about with Vinny? Yeah, when she yeah. fell. Yeah, when she fell, like I had to go back because I was not clear that it was like so bad that like she couldn't do anything. Right. Well, she was doing the lift. She fell, and then when the doctor came out and said whatever she injured, I was just like, "That's like two different parts of the leg, buddy." <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a little. It was a little Disney Channel for me. Because the lifted, the lifted, so like that is one of my specialties in large competition is doing a lot of lifts and stunts. Mm -hmm. Um, So like when she fell, it was bad camera angles, honestly, because like she landed and then they landed on top of her. And I was like, oh, okay, for if we're staying in the movie world, it should be a break. Realistically speaking, it should have been a break. And then when we get to the doctor and we had a little language comedy back and forth, which was cute. <laughs> it but was cute. Like, well, I was telling Danielle before when we were talking about the movies, I was like, this is one of those moments that felt very Disney Channel original movie to me. And I was like, aw, this isn't real, but aw. Um, <laughs> but the fall was like, it should have been, it should have been a break. But then he was like, oh, she sprained her ankle. She just needs and rest. I'm like. They didn't put anything on her. They were just like, just sit down and like stay off of your feet. And then like, it was literally like three days later and she was doing like PT, like exercises and was like re- going to be ready for the final competition. And or then did just you, in it. Did you see yeah. where there was one part, she's sitting on the floor and instead of having her foot up on the chair, she had the chair like on the floor and had her foot resting. So her foot was like an inch off the ground. None of it made, none of it made like any sense. Like you wouldn't do that. They, even with a sprained ankle, you wouldn't be able to be like, okay, I'll be, I'll just like sit down and not wrap it or ice it or anything and then be ready to go in two days. Right. It, yeah, it also was like a very short healing period. I, I, in Bring It On, it's Casey who gets injured mm-hmm. in the very beginning doing a stunt. Yes. Um, but she breaks her leg and she's in the cast and not performing for the entire rest of the movie. Because right. you're out for the season. You're out for a season. Right. Like, yeah. usually, and again, where are the adults? But, like, that's one of those <laughs> things where, like, you're just out for, like, when you injuries like that happen, mm-hmm. you're, you're out for a whole season just because, like, even with the sprain, if your sprain is bad enough where you're going to see a doctor. Right. Even, even if you think you can do it, they will still tell you you can't do it because you're risking permanent damage. Yep. Yeah. It just didn't make it just didn't make any sense. Like there yep. was they were just, you know, she was just and sitting there. I'm not I am I'm not a medical doctor before. or professional, but I we always say that disclaimer just because but from <laughs> yeah. experience and what little degree I have in studying of kinesthesiology for my degree, a spring is always worse than a break. Because a break, it is really? a clean, yeah, oh yeah. A break is clean, clean and clear. A sprain is messy because you can have, you can pull more muscles in the process of recovering. Yeah. And then muscles also shrink when they're healing because they're pulled taut. And so uh, when you heal, like when, that's why they make you go through uh, physical therapy to relax a muscle again. I'm doing hand gestures. And you would just like, so but, and a sprain <laughs> is messy because like with a break, it's like, okay, you broke it. We're going to do surgery or whatever we need to do, and we're going to put a cast on it, and physically mm-hmm. can't do anything. With a sprain, it's more dangerous because people are like, I'm fine. I'm and it's often a soft cast. It's a soft can, cast. Yeah, or, or... we'll continue to do stuff. But um, 
that yeah even with like an easy sprain you would never be able to go from zero to a hundred within john is completely shocked right now <laughs> no no this is a, this is fascinating for me like we had we had a we had our compo uh, the guy that did the jingles on nick um for sound of music and um was King, King and I, and, I. Yeah. and he was going off on music left and right, and I was just like, "This is so fascinating." It was fascinating. I was like, "Cool, more, please." <laughs> but okay, so obviously, both movies have an audition montage. Yes. Have you guys like witnessed shit like that, like bonkers <laughs> off the cut, especially with somebody being like, "I can't wear red," or they're doing like these weird dance moves that you're just like, "I have." No, or, or somebody who's just straight up doing a lap dance yeah. and then is like, oh, I didn't realize this was for a cheerleading squad. So that's the thing is like once in a while, there'll always be like someone who thinks that they like can do uh. it or wants to do it. Maybe is like new to the industry, goes to an audition. Like I get those, but it would never be a situation of like, oh, I didn't realize what this was for or like something like wildly outrageous or like, you know, like there's always <laughs> like, I'm sure it's happened in the world, but it, it's not as common as the movies make it seem. Yeah, I would well, agree. I, with, like, it's it's not as common, but you all, usually it's like it's people new to the industry mm -hmm. that, or honestly, and I think it's why we haven't touched on this in our podcast because it's such a large topic. But reality television kind of like created a surge of uh, non-artists, I should say, or new artists coming into this artist art this artist world where they just they're missing a certain training or background or even at the bare minimum understanding of it so mm -hmm. like i will get get the extremes but i'll get like uh, like the wrong type of material for the audition you know like it'll be i've done like we were doing in the heights i, I was doing auditions for the musical in the heights and literally i had somebody come in do like a full-on like cardi b dance song and the, sometimes, yeah, sometimes like, that does happen. Like, sometimes people will be like, you know, especially if the audition specifically asks you to prepare something specific, like a song yeah. or a dance style, sometimes people will, will either just, like, not read it or be like, well, I'm not good at that, so I'm just going to show them what I am good at, even though it's not what they want to see. Yes. But, I mean, no. You, no one would ever, like, come in and, like, do a laugh dance and be like, oh, no. Like, or, or come in auditioning for Pippin when you're like, guys, this is like a dance team. We're not doing... Right, like, that's really the gymnasium, not the auditorium. It's, but as crazy as, as that is, you don't have that. But, like, a lot of these auditions... Or are in the same building, so you the hallways will feel like that because, like, uh, Broadway Dance Center or 42nd Street Studios, like these large giant studio houses, you can very easily have an audition for Pippin in one room, mm -hmm. rehearsals for Sierra down the hall, and then Michael Bublé's on the fourth floor, belting them down. Like, like yeah. you'll have that, that so okay. you will be around that kind of craziness, but right. it typically. But the people know where they're going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's also like this is clearly one is a high school gymnasium it, with with a panel of girls in cheerleading uniforms mm -hmm. <laughs> judging you, and then the other one is a street dance crew. It's an informal thing. It's not like they're in a building that other people would be using. So it's it's just weird in movies like this where that's not a situation that applies here exactly <laughs> okay, i have two weird things from both movies that I, I 
I know I should suspend disbelief, but a part <laughs> of me is just like, I can't do it on principle. Okay. Bring okay. it on. That's no cheerleading group wears their cheerleading uniform that much. No, no, they do Never. not. No. They get, you get one uniform and they're sweaty and gross guys. Like, yeah. let's call it like it is. I remember cheerleaders complaining when at my high school, um, the day of a football game, the Friday of a football game at school, all of the football players were supposed to wear a shirt and tie. Um, mm -hmm. And then all the cheerleaders were supposed to wear their uniforms and they would all be so upset about it. And they would all like yeah. be wearing like, instead of their skirt, they'd be wearing like the track pants that, you know, they all wear to um, practice instead. They did not like wearing their uniform when they or, did not absolutely have yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, we, when I, when I was a cheerleader in high school, we would only wear our uniform on game, on home game days. Mm. If it wasn't an away game, it was like after school was over, before you like left with your team on the bus to go to the away game, mm -hmm. everyone had time to change and do their hair and whatever. But a home game, they'd be like, oh, it's a home game, like school spirit, like wear your uniform that day. But even that was usually like, I would have a sweatshirt over and sweatpants on underneath because then it was also like, your coach was also like, but you can't get it dirty. And you're like, okay, like, I'm not right. actually trying to get it dirty, but I'm also in high school and I have lunch and like, Thing. Well, that's just the girls at my school hate it is because we are like, I went to a crazy sports school. They would have, varsity would have games on like Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. So like if we had a major game on Friday, Saturday, you also have a Saturday night, you have another major game. So that's why I'm just, like, that's why I just think for me, it was like, I ain't yeah. suspended disbelief on these uniforms. Cause like, yeah. No, that's, um, it wasn't like that at my high school, but it was um, our cheerleaders. And they had two competition seasons. They had fall semester and spring semester competition seasons. And for the record, at my school, the cheerleaders were better than every sports team except the track team. Same. Uh, which I guess is like bring it on, too. Yeah, the where the football team sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they suck so much they can't even effectively make fun of the male cheerleaders because the male cheerleaders are like, okay, fuck you, because you lost. have a championship. Right. right. Um, my second um, disbelief for yeah. ABCD2 is their rehearsal space is the docks <laughs> outside of a major ship. <laughs> yeah, it was gorgeous, but there was no roof over anybody's head. Again, yeah, I've never, Hollywood, I've never been to India, yeah. but you're not going to tell me it's not a good breeze or a rainstorm that they're not getting, where they can have a whole two-month rehearsal period where there's, not, there's no weather affecting them. Yeah, I do. I, one of the things I loved about this movie is I loved the sets that they had. I, I, I did. It looked beautiful, even though it makes no like logical sense. The dock right. setting looked beautiful. I texted John while I was watching this movie and when they had like Vishnu's whole introduction song and everything in the bar, I was like, oh my God, John, this bar is so beautiful. I love it. I want to live in this. Those high ceilings. My goodness. Yeah. And then Shady got anxiety so when they took the, uh, the noids, uh pills. At the oh my God. Airport. I get so much anxiety watching any movie or TV show or anything where somebody's meds get tampered with it. Like, it's like one of the worst things I could watch. It that like was, makes me want to pull my skin off. I was just like, Bollywood does American racism. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do have to say, speaking of like the bar scene and stuff, and I texted Tony this like that dance though. That dance so in, the, good. in the bar was so good. Yeah. It was definitely longer than it should have been. Um, which Bollywood. Was 
which was a lot a lot of this movie i mean it was such a long movie but that that dancing i think that was probably my favorite dancing in the entire movie i just like i love the choreography i thought it was so well done so clean was my, that definitely my favorite was like a little more bollywoody jazz or whatever you want to call oh, it oh here's the thing bollywood is the reason why Bollywood has its own title in competitions or across the world, because almost every form of dance is, is honestly a mixture. Like there are very, at this point in time, very few dances are like solidly one thing, even like ballet, you get your Russian or you get your French, you know, like it gets diverse too, a little less so than the others. But like with Bollywood, there is such strong influences from so many styles. I could, I could go frame my friend be like, this move is definitely a Bollywood move. But then one second later, there, this would be technically a hip hop move. Yeah. This would be a jazz move. Uh, so like that number, I would probably call that whole number a jazz piece more I than would, I would else. I don't know. What yeah, would you say? I will say though, I think it was, it was definitely more in the jazz realm. But I will say from, if you're thinking of like what traditional Bollywood is, which includes a lot of like traditional Indian dance, Indian dance, movements or um parts of different traditional indian dances put together i think that was the most like traditional in the sense of what we consider bollywood of the whole movie yeah yeah because even when so when we get introduced to lauren gottley um her when she's like a the pop star doing her music video shoot <laughs> that is still like bollywood dancing but that's more contemporized so like they okay. definitely have those 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 moves are definitely a part of the culture, but they're just a contemporary version of what's already been done. So it's kind of hard to right because okay. what little I know of dance style as well as of Bollywood movies when they're at the competition, especially like the last the semifinals and their finals number, mm-hmm. it felt very like traditional pride, like Indian pride with Bollywood moves and some hip hop yes, moves. Especially yeah. the last. One. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, I loved that uh, final uh, routine, though, how much, like, pride in their nation they put into that with, like, yeah. the, the, the powder and the, su- the, the colors and everything. It's beautiful. That was really great. Was, it was very, did like, else, to me. Did anyone else get a punch in the gut when the pyramid fell again? <gasps> John? John. I'm sorry, John. guys. I got this. to that part at, like, two in the morning, so I didn't want to text you, but I was like... <laughs> What are you doing to me? Why are you making me watch this? Oh, I, I was so I emotional. Like they cut, it's like we're great day summer. We cut to him like bleeding. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna die in the bottom of the pyramid. Like that's <laughs> what my brain went to. Well, that actor is in both ABCD and then the sort of sequel, uh, Step um, Street Dancer 3D, and in every movie, he's got something. What is he well in real life? What is in the third one? He does this massive stunt that's like jumping over a tower of bodies and he breaks his leg. Do you think that he gets hurt in real life, like while they're filming or like before and then they have to like write it in? I think he has such a sympathetic face that he can play the drama. Mm, He does kind of have like a little baby face going on. So uh, (laughs) he is not deaf or mute. That is only for this movie. Okay. I think because he has like a very sympathetic look to himself, obviously mm-hmm. they need to throw some sort of drama in there because right. 
as well as with Bollywood, like Bollywood dance style, Bollywood movies have everything. They want to have everything in the kitchen sink. That's why yeah. I think they're in this that movie. Out. They threw in every <laughs> single dance trope yeah. that happens. And, like the injury is common, but like there are so many, even like they threw in like competition dance tropes. So like they montaged it. But like the ninja costumes, that is a common trait. There's always a ninja dance team. There's always one that does use traditional flags. There was also the, there was also the like, I think my favorite like trope of the movie was like the two second love triangle. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like, it's okay, we'll be friends now. And I was like, what? What? Yeah, no, there there was, that was one of the threads that I was most frustrated by the lack of buildup to. Yeah. Because, like, there's, there's no indication in, like, the first, you know, 40 minutes of the movie that there's even a romantic tension between Vinny and, um, oh, what's his name? Sudu. The guy, Sudu. There you go. Um, there's, like, no indication that there's even a romance there at all, and then she admits that she likes him and then we forget well, about well, it for well, like well, well well even before she admits it they she the, before they go to vegas they do that practicing in the in yeah the, he's, uh, they're sitting yeah. outside and they do like a, a a partnering moment and you clearly see like her have heart eyes i mean him. sure but she also dances with like all of the guys in that scene so it doesn't but feel like him specifically it's like oh uh, <laughs> you know. I still think it's a better love story than the choreographer meeting the only other Indian woman in all of Vegas Wait, yes. who owns a restaurant oh, that was who a also daughter. has a secret child who also has the ex-wife. I was, like, I was like, there's no build Like I think you said it you said it earlier, Shady, where it was like something happened and then it was over. Like I felt the same way. I was like watching it and I knew the second he like rang the doorbell or knocked on the door, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be some weird like secret romance child mm -hmm. thing and then he was just like it was like him and the kid were fine yeah and then also my other my other favorite thing was how like when he like finally told them like what happened to the money and he like had he was like oh like i had ulterior motives for coming to vegas but never in the movie i did i ever feel like a buildup of like there was something why he like really needed to get to the u.s like he really needed this there was no inclination of like any want or need yeah the, there was a real lack of tension like there's yeah. no real tension there it just sort of it was said and it happened and it didn't feel like it actually led to any new revelation or something for any character made, well he yeah, like tell, he was gonna drink out drink the money away versus yeah. like that's what i thought that, like, I, I don't understand why he took the money but he did tell Vinoid why he's going to Vegas. Yeah, that he was like, I like don't care what happens. Yeah, I don't care what happens once we get to Vegas. I'm just getting to Vegas. I have. Right. I, have. I just felt like even that, though, I was like, okay, but like, I wanted to be like, oh my God, but like, why? Like, yeah, I, okay. yeah there, there was no real intrigue built out of it or anything. Yeah. It was just they sort of the wrong asses. When but I, I got all the wrong asses in the movie because there is no way your coach went away with y'all money, me at competition. They didn't say where he went, but he just disappeared out of Vegas. And no one whooped his ass. Like, there was no, we all just had a sit down powwow. And they were like, it's okay because you met your son. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm -mm. but I got, I got to say, the thing that solidified me wanting to compare these two movies was that both teams didn't win at the end. They don't win. Which they don't win. 
I, I think no, I talked that's... about this with uh, the Pitch Perfect Eurovision movie, but it does make a big difference to me in a movie like this, whether or not the team or the person you're following wins in the end or not. It totally changes the rest of the movie Absolutely. to me. I feel like for me, when they didn't win in Bring It On, I felt like, yes, I like this ending. I like that the Clovers won and that they were like, yeah, second place and excited. Yeah. And in ABCD2, I wasn't as invested. And I kind of was like, after all of that, I kind of wish they had won. Yeah, it was, it was tough because you, you enjoy the, the second place win in Bring It On because the team that won is the team that they inadvertently had been stealing from. Right. And um, I'm, I don't know how, how uh, far into the process it was until they dropped this whole thing, but originally the plan for Bring It On was that it was going to sort of feature both teams about equally. Um, and then they decided I to cut back. I wish they did that. I wish they did that too, but um, also part of me knows 2000 Hollywood was probably going to make one of the Clovers, one of the most prominent Clovers, and the one who does like the most stuff, a white girl instead. Uh, yeah. So two, 2000 to... Hollywood. Uh, yeah. Like, like yes. it really feels yes. like the only reason they would let it be a movie about both black girls triumphing in the end is if you push them to the background and focus on the white girls instead. And Unfortunately. The actresses that? that they use, Gabrielle Union, who was the lead Clover, yeah. she was coming off of Seven Heaven. And so she would, they were like the featured first black, she was the daughter of the, like the first black family on Seventh Heaven, which was oh. like essentially like the door, you know, the uh, girl next door black version is what essentially she was. And the other three cheerleaders around her were part of a musical group called Black. So with the Q-U. Um, <laughs> and so they were literally like, that's why that's why I knew that about that changing it when they were like, we wanted a wholesome girl. So they picked Gabrielle Union and there was like, oh, the people behind her, we need them to have personality, but we don't actually need them to have, you know, to be able to act really. Yeah. Which is why they threw in a little, a girl group that was like lasted maybe a year and a half. maybe. Yeah. Two. They, they, uh, they were the, I, I vaguely remember them having like maybe two songs that ever hit TRL. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was definitely a thing. Yeah, um, and then versus like Kirsten Dunst, who was coming off of Kirsten Dunst. I think people. I mean, no, I think people forget how big a star, a child star, Kirsten Dunst yeah. was, oh, yeah. and this yeah. was her very smooth transition into becoming yeah, she, a teen star. She was in everything as a kid into a teenager, and it was mm. all. I mean, it was all about. It was all about her, and then you had Eliza. Dushku, who was coming off of Buffy. Buffy, yeah. Yeah. And she I had to look that up because I was just like, did she really do Buffy at this point? Yeah, yep. she did Buffy and she started on Angel already. Oh, yeah. so then she was full in that fandom. So yeah. for her. And yeah. then it worked her um Big, Big Red. Red was on Sabrina the Teenage yeah. Witch. Yeah, Lindsay Sloan. Which yeah. I am so, I think Lindsay Sloan is so beautiful and I hate that they gave her such horrible hair in this movie. Because yeah. <laughs> she truly looks awful, but she is a gorgeous woman. But they, I, I mean, it worked. Big Red, like, <laughs> it's Big Red. Like, Big yeah. Red, that works. Oh, yeah, that whole personality and everything. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Right. Can I tell you, usually we have a set structure. I'm kind of happy that we 
throwing oh, yeah. the rules out. Totally blowing it up. Because this is an even better conversation than what we usually have. This is what me and Danielle do. We just have tent poles. We do. We're so bad. We did an episode the other day, and I was, like, making a pie. And I was like, I'm making a pie right now, everyone. Do you guys have anything else that you want to talk about specifically with the movies before we do... Like, similarities between them? Yeah. Well, anything. Just anything at this point. For me, choreography, like... That's the one thing that I can say I've always enjoyed about Bollywood movies is mm-hmm. in general, it's just like they put their dancers through the ringer, whether you are mm-hmm. dancer number 200 in the back or dancer in the front, they really put their dancers through the ringer. So it makes me really upset that like Lauren was terrible. Um, <laughs> some of those numbers, and this is such a dancer thing, like the average person can probably watch this movie and notice nothing, but she was just late on some of those group numbers that like, I'm I'm sure Danielle caught some too where she's like, oh, that's not right. That's not, why are you late on there that? There's a couple things that look awkward too in the, what was it, like the Charlie Chaplin one? Routine. Yeah, I, I assumed it was supposed to be Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, mm-hmm. her costume made no sense, and that really it bothered did. me. Well, her costume made no sense, and toward at one point, like toward the end, she did this thing where she like they picked her up and she like did a flip in the air and landed, and it just looked like they. My assumption is they never were able to get it right in rehearsal, and they finally were like, "Let's just do it, and we'll take the best take," because the whole like it looked like it was. It didn't look smooth. And this, it didn't. And one of the, like, something that bothered me, and I don't know, I need to go back and watch another dance movie to see how I feel about it. We are, transitions are a really big thing in dance. Mm -hmm. And in ABDC2, we did not get any transitions. Yeah, there were quite a few numbers. Sections of numbers where it was just like a clean camera cut. And I'm like, ooh, did we not get it right in rehearsal? Why did we not? (laughs) <laughs> no, it, it, there were parts of it that reminded me of the finale of um, Center Stage, where there are, yes. there are costume yeah. changes that happen during a cutaway, but it doesn't make any sense if you no, try to think of it in real life. In life there were like big portions of dance numbers in ABCD2 where it was like, it was in slow motion, but obviously in real life, it wouldn't be in slow motion. So what does it look like in real life to that real yeah. audience? Clearly it was for the audience's entertainment, not for what, what happens in real life. Yes. Right. Well, right. And this is something that I often say when you look at these movies, like who was the movie made for? Was mm-hmm. it made for mm-hmm. average audience or was it made for dancers? Mm-hmm. Bring it on, which to which is why I think it has such a cult following that it is. Dancers and cheerleaders ago, bring it on, they were doing every stunt that was on there, like because they don't cut, they do cut away to the audience at moments, mm-hmm. but you clearly know we are seeing the execution of some of these lifts. But the, yeah. the director and DP were just very careful about when we need to be on them and when we need to look away. And right. so I think when you contrast feels weird yeah they also they took a lot of care with bring it on that the all of the toros and clovers who don't have lines those are real cheerleaders some of them were professional cheerleaders yeah so those stunts are real again kirsten dunce was a high school cheerleader i believe most of the other toros and clovers had at least some sort of dance Mm -hmm. background so they could pick up yeah, um, at least the more basic. And stuff. I always appreciate when that happens. Like I appreciate yeah. if you're doing these big numbers, yes. you're your dance that you use people who actually know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I also really appreciate when like the main character has some sort of a background in it. So even if they're not perfect, you know, like there is. I mean, it was the same thing that happened with like Natalie Portman in um, 
Black Swan. And my Black Swan. In Black Swan. Like, mm-hmm. no, neither of them were perfect at all. And they both still had doubles for the major sequences. But both of them, like, had ballet training and, like, were trained in ballet at least until they were teenagers. Except and then they for... Went Boot camp. Sorry, yeah. They, right. did they had a, they had like a six month boot camp before they started shooting. Yeah. It was her for sorry, I was saying this for Black Swan. That was her for the Fuetes. She's a left turner and she's weird. I'm just saying it. <laughs> but with but that's yeah. the thing with ABCD too. Like they were if you look at their IMDB pages, they're all dancers. Yeah. yeah. Like well, even the named characters are dancers. And yeah, you oh, could tell. Oh yeah, um, I mean, the dancing, the dancing technique and the choreography mm-hmm. in too was incredible. I mean, it, all of the dances were beautiful. That they were performed perfectly. Like I, I was not upset by. I mean, the dancing. Oh was, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's if anything, it's nitpicky things because I'm a choreographer watching formations <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. But like overall, just watch, enjoying it. Like no, they choose. They were very. It was very well done. Mm-hmm. But even just again, the costume choices. I think it represented the world, the competition world of dance very, very well. And Tony, mm-hmm. you did say that Remo was the choreographer. He was only the choreographer for the. Indian stunners, like the team that we followed in the movie. The other teams were in charge of creating their own choreography. Oh, oh wow. Because so, they're all real teams. That's that makes sense. Really they're real teams. They're real yeah. teams. So, like, I think that's why if you wa- watch it again, I don't know if you're going to, but if you do watch it again, I think that's why, like I said earlier, uh, the Indian stunners had a little more Indian pride, like, with mm-hmm. their... Yes. moves and the rest of them looked like they were doing straight up hip-hop mm-hmm. in my yeah, you know my <laughs> my vision i think that's also just accurate because like i said you do get competition teams especially like that high up the ladder you have your own kind of signature style mm-hmm. that like so it kind of makes sense like or you do have like i'm gonna choreograph this because uh for bringing on hi-hat hi-hat choreographed mo- uh, a lot of the clover stuff Okay. So like Burr is cold out here. Hi hat choreographed it first. Uh-huh. And then Annie Fletcher came in and did the Tauros' version of it. And so she was like, We had so much fun. She's like, I had so much fun doing the white versions of everything he did. <laughs> she was like, I would just go in cold turkey where he would show it to me. And then I would go in and come back the next day. And she's like, watching him laugh ridiculously to me, like him to like her whitening it up for them ah! to do it was hilarious. So like, yeah. So wait, they, 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 they did choreographers did what the movie does? <laughs> you know, just with like a, a, a consent to it instead uh, of... They did it on purpose. There wasn't, you know... <laughs> that's that's say... my favorite line in the movie is when she's like, I know you don't think a white girl came up with that. <laughs> yeah. I do, and I do want to say, just on, again, choreography and in the industry, one, I'm happy they used real cheerleaders and real dancers because... Mm-hmm. Even Danielle has seen plenty of times where they choose not to. But I also <laughs> like that they give credit, like giving credit to all these other choreographers on these projects because, like, you guys are movie aficionados. Like, movies are not quick processes. No. So, like, when you add in boot camp of dance training and then doing all these different takes where you're dancing in the midst of them, too, that's why I believed her when she was like, over rehearsal will cause injury because it's like, I guarantee you all those combinations, like all those dances were ran so many times before they ever got a costume or were ever on a set. And then those shooting days, I'm sure were incredibly long and rehearsed. And so like giving the credit, I'm just like, I'm just a big fan of like giving credit to the people that like are 
pouring their time and energy yeah. into putting all these things together because those montages were numerous and very long yeah. but to do something like that all those crews probably had to do the entire dance and they had to film everything and then splice them together right so, and they had them at multiple camera angles too which they probably had multi-cam set up when they did it in the first place but if not that means that they had to do it for every single angle too yeah and that's yeah that's a Especially lot the finale like, where they a- had the the dust the mm-hmm. colorful dust coming everywhere it's like you guys there was like two or three angles on that one. I, I don't know how many times you did this, but... Oh, because you got to vacuum it all up. And I was going to say, and then, it was the clean up in between. I and, mean... And watching it this time around, I was like, I don't know how many days they spent in wet clothes for that one dance Oh, sequence. with the sprinklers? Anxiety, anxiety, yeah. anxiety. Because I'm like... I'm like, I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm just like, ooh, I'm a little, uh, brr, it's cold for John right now watching it. <laughs> I don't even think cold. Water dancing gives me such anxiety because it, it like, is. cause a rash or something with your clothes? You get cold. You, you essentially get, like, cold sores because, like, okay. after you get pr- pruny and you're still kind of rubbing on the skin. So, like, that's an issue. Ooh. But also, like, dancing on, dancing on normal dance stages are slippery. But dancing on water gives it even a step, but when they did it, it gives me anxiety tremendously. Oh, trust me. I did a lot of research looking up for this episode of all these dance movies. Water is a big thing. Because it looks cool. It looks really, really cool. It looks cool, but like, oh my God. (laughs) After the fifth time, I'm just like, we're good. Give me something new. <laughs> this is the two, the, two, the three tricks, and I, I have a really ridiculous story about one of them. Water, <laughs> fire, and confetti mm. are always nightmares when you're dancing, whether they're on camera or not. Water <laughs> is because most venues are not equipped to have water on the floor for long periods. So you have to build and put in a floor. Fire is difficult because every building has sprinkler systems and you have to have a fire marshal on site 24 7 if there's the possibility of fire so multiple takes means and they are not cheap because i've done a couple shows with them so a fire marshal was probably sitting on literally on the edge of the stage for any time they shot stuff confetti sucks i did a show where they're like we're gonna rehearse our confetti and we the choreographers kept being like we don't need to but the director was like we've got plenty of confetti cannons that's not what we're saying we're saying we don't need to do it just because who's going to clean this up right we're going to use them 10 a.m first one through we use them oh we need that last section again so who's going to sweep up all this confetti so the director (laughs) and his little push room was on stage sweeping (laughs) confetti and then second run through did it again he used confetti again Oh, we have to clean this up again. I don't think we need to use confetti. Well, you're the one who decided to waste two hours of rehearsal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is there anything else you want to talk about the movies? Because then we can get to the special features. I have a couple more plot similarities that we didn't really get to. Okay. Mm -hmm. They also both come with like extreme, but they're also, there are differences. Um, Right. Well, the big one really is that both of the teams earn the respect of the team that they st- stole from mm-hmm. and also yeah. both of the teams form a rivalry with one of the other competing teams or yeah uh, and then that also ends up with a shared respect between them but the difference is in bring it on it's the same team it's the clovers that they yeah. become rivals with and also stole from 
in ABCD2, it's the Philippine All-Stars that they stole from, but then it's the Germans that they have the rivalry with. Germans, what the fuck? Germans. Literally, low-key, Germany, do we have to pick them? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that feels very, um... Okay, we're leaning into some stereotypes here, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Pitch Perfect 2 did it as well, so... They did, they did, they, they <laughs> uh, But Das Sound Group was amazing. Um, <laughs> Um, and the Germans in the in ABCD two were the multi winners. Yeah, multi year yeah, winners. Yes, and so were the ones from Pitch Perfect. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, now we should have done scary. Pitch Perfect too. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you were focusing on dance in this episode. Oh, sorry. It. We're talking. <laughs> Respect to like them getting gaining the respect of the opposite teams mm-hmm. that they like stole from. I do think there, I think that's kind of like a dancer underlining community thing of like, mm-hmm. even with like the crazy egos and things like that, there is a certain level of like everyone puts in really hard work to be able to do what we do. Right. So like I do, I can see that. Like I both, in both movies, I felt, I felt that they did earn that like we put in the work yeah. to earn your respect. Yes. Um, even I with agree. like ABC two, where they were like the, you know, even with the Germans, like on stage, like pushing through, like I think that just general, like you may hate how we got here or that we're here, but like we also are putting in hard work, like you. So mm-hmm. I think that underlying thing I can definitely get behind. And then the other similarity I had between them, this is like a totally minor one. It's really not a plot point. It's more of an aesthetic thing, and it's really not a similarity. It's just a variation. <laughs> Um, but going back to the Charlie Chaplin routine mm-hmm. in ABCD2, obviously inspired by silent film acting, which is largely inspired by mime, and mm-hmm. mime is one of the techniques that they incorporate <laughs> in their final routine in Bring It On. Uh, yeah, that's... you're right. <laughs> but that's know like a history. very, very small, very small thing. <laughs> but I mean, know your dance history. I'm for that. Yeah. Your dance history. It always comes back into play some kind of way. Yeah. Like there's a ton of differences, but you know what? We've talked these movies. <laughs> We've, <laughs> We've talked, talked a lot. We about have. These movies. I think. Yeah. We've talked about them. Moving on to special features, if you are a listener of this podcast, then you know that typically what we do is John and I will each take a movie that we've been talking about, do further research, and then try to sort of surprise each other with facts. And even if we can't surprise each other, we just try to have fun with it anyway. (laughs) Um, But because we have another podcast collaborating with us, Point Your Toes, we thought we would pitch this over to them and sort of let them, uh, let them, uh, have their input as far as the dance competition world. So now I just have a quick question mm-hmm. that ties with ABCD2 specifically. Mm-hmm. So you know that whole money thing we mentioned? And yeah. uh, w- when you go to competition, do you have to pay for it all at once? Or do you pay for it if you make it to the next round? No. So neither. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So first of all, like you would never bring cash. Like that's crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> but not what happens is like, you know, if you're in the competition world, um, you usually, you know, it's through your studio. So you'll basically pay that you'll 
pay everything through through the studio. So if I'm the student, I'll pay my studio competition fees, mm-hmm. and then the studio. And I actually also worked at a ballroom studio for a couple of years after college, and um, they like they would go to competitions. The people that took lessons and stuff there, and the uh, the instructors, and it was the same thing. Where like same exact thing as when I was a child. Like the student regardless of age, pays the studio what the studio says, this is this is what you owe for competition fees. And then the studio writes a check or does the does your credit card online to pay for the entry fees. Um, mm-hmm. So the studio will pay for the entry fees, but the, you know what I mean? But, I mean, you would pay it all at once, right? Like there would never be like, oh, you wait till the next round. Like there is like a, it's an entry fee you basically pay for. Yeah, it's, that's what I thought. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an entry fee and essentially it's a holding fee to be like, your spot is held so that, because they're like competitions can only take but X amount of people. Right, so it's that. And it would also never be like, I mean, like ballroom competitions are can get very, very, very expensive. Like it was crazy when I worked at the studio. But it still would never be something like, like the kind of competition that they went to in ABCD2, like it would never require that much money. When I was initially watching it and they're like, oh, we need to raise money. I was like, oh, they need to raise money because they need to go to Vegas. Not because they need to give the competition the money. Mm, But like you were thinking more travel money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like in that competition fee, it's like... I'm with Danielle. When they said such a large number, in my head, it was like, again, having done this, it's like travel fee, hotels, costumes, because rhinestones get expensive, y'all. Yeah. Costumes. Especially those hair costumes and makeup. Yeah. Oh, like, those were gorgeous. The so. final costumes where they had the, the broken uh, colors on and each of the, the armbands like for the guys. Sleeve of armor yeah. or whatever it was. I would hate to be that costume designer to sit there hot glowing each individual <laughs> But it seems like, and also you gotta have backups when some fall off in transport. So in my head, that large number is including everything, all of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I also like. I thought it was so interesting in the movie how like they got to the competition, they like went through the first round or something, and then it was like the guy was like, "We need your money." Right. That yeah. happened. That's what. That's where my question was. Yeah. I was I've had a time. I was like, do you pay if you make it to the next? No. no. I've had competitions because typically two different versions. In something like that, it's where, one, I've arrived on competition day and they're like, here's the rest of our money or like, here's all of our money. Like, we, you do your holding fee and then on the day of the competition or like, typically yeah. it's a few days later, like, pay every blue yeah. moon on the day of is like, here's all of our money. They're like, great, keep going. Or even when you have levels to it, those are still separate competitions. So, like the initial competition, semifinals, quarterfinals, those are all different competitions on different days. Yeah. So, those are still different things where you're paying different. You would still have to pay different money for that. Right. But that's probably already paid one. Or if it's something like a national televised, like World of Dance, where there's multiple rounds like that, that money is cleared at the beginning, and you're just kind of pushed all the way through. Yeah. If it's something, if it's something big like that, especially a televised. It's like maybe a one-time like fee for something, but those types of things like you you really aren't paying out of pocket. Gotcha. Like because and I I guess this is a share because for uh, like the part of the section that we're in, those dances are pre-planned months in advance. So like on World of Dance, those chore- those numbers were choreographed before they ever started filming anything. 
before right. they ever got on the competition. And the only thing that, like, because we're America and we're terrible, the only thing that's a little, like, iffy will be, like, musical clearance or clearance to use a certain song. Like, uh, the year that Michael Jackson passed, Sony Music is the holder of his music. And the Jackson family and the Jackson estate locked all Michael Jackson music. So literally that entire year, like that, yeah, basically a year after his death, no one could do anything with his music because they could not get rights to it. Yeah. Or um, World of Dance, uh, oh, I forgot their name, Unity something. They end up dancing to like Pretty Wings by Maxwell, but essentially they didn't want to use that song for the finale. They wanted to use another song, but it didn't, it didn't get cleared. So they went to their second song. It didn't get cleared. They went to their third song. It didn't get cleared. They got to their fourth song and literally that was Pretty Wings and they weren't sure if it was going to get cleared. And at the last minute, like uh, Maxwell was literally like, you can't yet. Yeah, you have my special permission to use it and then we'll clear it on the back end. So yeah. like, clearance is a huge thing on these films and movies. Huge, huge thing. But, in, but yeah, in terms of, like, your routine would be set, right? Like, a, oh, lot, yeah, set. a lot of studios are, like, you learn, you spend the fall learning your dance competition pieces, and then, like you said, Tony said earlier, you go away for the holidays, you come back, and it's brush-ups and getting ready, and competitions start in February. Right. But you don't, learn, you don't learn it in two months and get ready? And then maybe learn it, uh, like, days before you have to perform it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I also always loved, quick side note, I also always loved about, like, watching Dance Moms, where she'd be like, We're gonna, we have a competition next week, so it's a new routine. And I'm like, that's not how competitions work. You also right. do the same routine at every single competition. Right. You ha do you, so you learn, like, three, like, two or three routines and then you're saying we're doing this one at this yeah. competition. Oh, you're so kind. I, I do understand <laughs> that being a thing. I do understand that being a thing that gets changed in movies all the time when there's dance competitions because you do want the audience to see different routines. Of course. Oh, so like it is. Yeah. The drama of like, are we gonna get it together in time? Right. Like, it's like the yeah. same thing with cheerleading in competitive cheerleading. You do the same routine for the entire competition season. You don't. Right. I, I, and to be fair to bring it on, they do like sort of excuse it by having reasons that the Toros have yeah. to change their and routine. There are, and there are things where like, should it be something like a competition where it's like, you know, like semis and then finals or nationals mm -hmm. or regionals. Like it's the same thing with dance where like, if you were to do something like uh, New York City Dance Alliance and you do mm -hmm. the regionals, if you get picked for finals, you might have a second routine for finals. But these are things that are, already prepped and prepared oh, yeah. right. like should we or, get picked right it depends on the competition because again mm. with the, in new york city they have the, there is a step up competition in new york city that's actually funded by the city and every year for a step up you have to do qualifiers you cannot if you if you make it past qualifiers your first dance in the competition has to be what you use for qualifiers yeah, mm. a like, lot of Eurovision. That as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're, all like, you had to tell me, it's like Eurovision. I'm like, got it. Next. <laughs> um, or like, and I'm, but I'm with Danielle. Like there, and there were certain competitions. Where it was like, okay, if you move on, it is like semis, then it's finals. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this is our semifinal dance. Maybe we'll get to do it, or maybe we'll save it for the concert exactly. at home. You just right. prep it ahead of time. There's yeah. no like, we have a comp we're gonna go to this competition next week so we're gonna you guys are gonna learn a new solo like mm -hmm. no like all of those comp especially as a kid um like anything from elementary through high school like all these competitions are separate 
you know, they're separate events and companies, mm -hmm. right? So you just do your same dance over and over, you know, hoping you just like win overall. Or, and I have to talk about this because it happens all the time in dance movies and it's different. I mean, it happened in both of these movies, but it's like injuries happen. They're not as uh -huh. frequent, but the injuries do happen. You don't magically find a replacement or you don't magically like, there's <laughs> yeah, not all this weird it. stuff. It's literally like, Casey, take two steps to the left. Yeah. And the whole second section, you everyone make sure you're over one foot to the left. Yeah. All right, let's run it. And maybe say, oh, Tony, you weren't in section B. Now you're going to be in section B. Yeah. Yeah. What about yeah. the lift? We cutting it. We gonna go from here. Yep. To here. <laughs> touch to the rainbow. Let's go. Five, yeah. six, seven. Like you don't there because there's no time. Like yeah, there's no time true. to. That's one of adults. Yeah, that is one there's of the no things time. I always thought was strange with Bring It On is I don't really understand the timeline as far as are these all at the beginning of the movie are these all the same cheerleaders who were on the team the year before or was there already a round of auditions when they do start looking for for new people right mm -hmm. like you know when elijah dushku comes in and everything it is interesting because the way they frame it makes me seem like they don't accept any newbies and yeah. then because someone they may know, not because someone got hurt, they're like, okay, fine. I guess we'll see who's out. They may not because my, and some, again, this is a, we can, sorry, on our podcast, we constantly have an argument between like studio dance and like concert dance. There's a whole <laughs> yeah. time there. Yeah. This is very common in studio dance, either or, mm -hmm. or even sometimes in some concert dance too, but it's like, let's go with the high school format to make it easier. If you're a eighth grader, mm -hmm. you will have auditions at the end of your eighth grade year okay or your ninth grade year and so that audition in the spring or at the end of the school year or whatever yeah we pick our people and so all summer long you're either doing the boot camp with us the training camp or you're getting the information about it so when the new school year starts they don't hold audition because all their spots were filled right and then randomly someone's injured or you know family decided to move out of town the company will be set before the school year started or it's like you learned pieces in the fall for competition season and then february COVID happens or like dad got a new <laughs> job and moved somewhere so now that person's not available so mckenzie you were here now you can get tucked in and now you're in it so like but a lot of times there ain't no last minute auditions yeah no, no I, I i always not thought that was so interesting with uh bring it on because in my experience it's a similar thing with high school cheerleading you audition at the end of the year before so that you spend all summer practicing and going to cheer uh -huh. camp with the same team so you still if you're a freshman cheerleader it's because you auditioned as an eighth grader um but then hard. if somebody if something happens like that and it's still early enough where they could get a replacement uh before competitions or anything like that um they would probably pull from somebody who had already auditioned from yes. somebody who just barely yeah, missed the cut. They know where like, they were like, oh, maybe next year, maybe not this year, but then right. someone got there moved away and they're like, all right, let's take them now. Yeah. Right. And they don't also... seem to have like a, a varsity and a JV squad in this movie. Right, but in my, ex in my experience, you have your varsity squad and your JV right, squad. So and if you needed, right, exactly. Yeah. And weren't they also named captain at the end of the year? Yes. Mm -hmm. because like you would be captain, captain you would be captain yeah. at cheer camp or or boot yep. camp or whatever you're doing so it's like big red aren't you in college why yeah are you what, what? Right, that was it too. i'm like yeah okay. that was weird 
that like she's just she's just hanging out with a bunch of high schoolers, even though she graduated supposedly three months ago. I mean, some yeah. of the girls do that. I mean, it does happen. Uh, <laughs> does do you guys have any other trivia about these movies or about? One thing I wanna life? add, which we kind of touched upon earlier, um, is so Lauren Gottlieb is in ABCD two, mm-hmm. and she was a final four of season three of So You Think You Can Dance in America because she's American and um, I was like, you know, on IMDb looking up trivia as I was starting to watch the movie and I saw her name come up in the opening credits and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I'm going through it and, and I'm reading about her and so it, it turns out, so we were talking about this earlier, apparently like she is a little bit part Indian but only like a tiny bit, like she doesn't identify as Indian, right? She like grew up in America, born and raised in the States, competed in the States. And going through her stuff, it seems like she primarily only works in the Bollywood and Indian market now, which I, and lives in the US, which I think is like super, super interesting. And Tony and I were kind of talking, we're texting about it before and we're wondering, is it that she, um, you know, like she wanted a certain amount of money or claim to fame and they wouldn't give it to her here. And so she, you know, they were like, go to India. Or was it that like, she, you know, like her agent was like, so here's the deal. Like, you're not going to work in the US. Like you're not booking, but like, I have a connection. You're ethnically ambiguous and you could do really well in the Bollywood market, like for them. And the other so one I'm, very, I'm very, very interested into like, how this came to be because I went to like her websites and her Instagram and IMDb and everything is like, no, she like only works in Bollywood now, but lives in LA. But it's one of those things that it also makes me wonder. And this is a thing that like does happen with people that are racially ambiguous or don't stereotypically speaking, do not look their race. When the opportunity presents themselves to kind of, do the type of work that you couldn't normally get like because like i said lauren does not look like she is an indian girl but no, no. so she may have like her whole life wanted to be the bollywood star but thought she never could because she doesn't necessarily look it you know like i've also seen i've seen that happen before where you get girls that are you know we all know each other from a place that we work um and there was a young lady that they were doing the musical in the heights which is about predominantly a hispanic group of people and this young lady is white with freckles and brown hair, but she got to play Nina and in the Heights. And she was like, and I was having strong emotions about it. And she was like, I totally get your emotions. But she was like, Tony, you know that like, I am Mexican. I like, I, yeah. you like, I literally like her grandparents are full on abuelas. Um, but it's so like, she is Mexican, this, this girl we're talking about. She would never professionally get cast in the role exactly. because she had like, brown hair and freckles and her sister had like red hair and freckles her sister was an annie on broadway so like y'all it's a whole thing (laughs) so like i i and so and again so in that moment she felt so happy to like be able to delve into a side of her that she couldn't she knows she could probably never get away professionally and so so i wonder if that's the same thing with lauren i would just be very interested to know like what brought her there and what her, her path was there and why people are like yeah let's like cast this woman who, like, 
you know, they have really amazing actors and dancers in India. Like, it's just very interesting to me. In but, So You Think You Can Dance, what was Lauren's character type if you... Now that I, we looked up the season, because I didn't tell you guys before, I didn't completely remember. Looking <laughs> at the cast, some, uh, Sabra? 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 I was Sabra, Sabra was the, she was the ethnic girl out of that group, because uh, Sabra had a beautiful curly black afro, often wore braids. So, like, when we're dealing with television, and uh, there are types. And yeah. so, especially this early on, and so you think you dance, we did, they didn't even have the part where, like, the professionals joined them for their partners. They were all, all 20 were like contestants. Yeah. So very process. And so Sabre was the ethnic ambiguous girl. So like there is no way that they like I don't ever recall them playing up Lauren's ethnicity. No, they didn't. Just if a they, girl dancer. If anything, if anything she like um hmm? like, you know how they're usually in reality TV shows there's like the villain or the bitch character. Uh, yeah. No, um I think they like kind of a little bit like play her as the villain sometimes because she was more of like the underdog but the underdog that people like actually didn't want to see do well because they'll be like <laughs> yeah but they didn't like if anything they kind of played her as like a little bit of like more of like the punk rocky like edgy dancer mm. but she just was like she was just a studio jazz dancer Oh, and that was it because, again, Sombra was the ethnic girl, Lacey was the ballroom girl, and she was the edgy girl. That was what it was for the top girl. It yeah. wasn't even that, like, just, it's just interesting. It's all very yeah. interesting to me how, like, she got picked or was told or wanted to or was pushed into this Bollywood market. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just all, it's just, like, very, uh, it's very interesting. But also, like, comparatively, I think, personally, there were people who were also technically better than her and artistically better than her on the show. So I actually have a fun fact. I know we get, we wanted to give you guys this, but I was hoping one of you would bring it up. Uh, so the, what the team that ABCD2 is very loosely based on, Fictitious Dance Group, um, they are now known as Kings United, which they were on World of Dance. Um, and why? I tried to look it up. Apparently, all of the cheating scandal is fictitious. That's made up for the movie. Mm-hmm. And now, and if you watch their routines on World of Dance, Remo definitely borrowed a lot of their moves for oh, all yeah. three movies. ABCD, ABCD2, and Street Dancer 3D. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of borrowing... So- Thanks. But, but forgive me for this. How exactly is this movie based on them in that case? Uh, so, they were the first Indian group to be in the Las Vegas hip hop competition. Oh, okay. So, I see. Yeah, okay. How it's loosely based is they had a dance group. They were mediocre. They were not doing as well. Uh, that was the first team. I don't think in, in, Fictitious was their first name. They were doing mediocre, then through left that group, started fictitious they went to vegas lost so that part is similar second year they went back and they they lost and they were the first indian team second year they went back won the vegas competition third year was world of dance okay so so the the portion where it's an old team that disbands then reforms as a new team Mm -hmm. and then goes to america and then goes to vegas right
turn into Jerry Springer and we do final thoughts on this <laughs> All right. So, uh, Tony, Danielle, and anyone who is new listening to our podcast, uh, we always end with a few final thoughts. We just sort of ask each other questions uh, to wrap up everything we've been discussing. <laughs> Can you think of any other movies that have these shared attributes that these movies have? So I actually watched a movie last summer because one of my favorite podcasts, How Did This Get Made, was doing an episode on the movie High Strung, which I believe is also still on Netflix and is really terrible. (laughs) And it's a dance movie, though. So I was like, I'm here for it. I went to the live show. It was a whole thing. And they have a lot of the same tropes um, with, like, there's, like, the street crew who who are, like, not, quote, unquote, professionally trained, but there's also people from So You Think You Can Dance that are in that group um, who live, like, downstairs, and then there's, like, the ballerina, um, and then there's the whole, like, they lose a competition, and then they win a competition, so, like, it definitely reminded me a little bit of that movie as well. Mm Mm-hmm. We brought it up. I'm going to say Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. (laughs) You got to say the whole title. You You got to say say the the whole title. title. (laughs) It takes you five years to do it, but you got to say it. Sony, Uh, do you have one in mind that is kind of... I can't think of anything that, like, really fits. And there are so many dance movies that have so many of the same cliches, but I can't think of, like specifically that they lose the big competition and or that they are revealed to have stolen their routines at the beginning yeah there's no yeah there's nothing that fits yeah. that specifically that right kind of, yeah, but like i mean you can yeah fits the they lo- they lose rather than yeah. they stole something i mean i yeah. guess in a roundabout way you could say uh it's a sports movie but bad news bears they end up losing right okay. oh rocky loses as ah. does uh, as does Adonis Creed in the first Creed. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but also very How different. How dare you compare them? <laughs> <laughs> so moving along, did we like these movies? I'm gonna go ahead and say Bring It On is a Stone Cold classic. Yes. And yes. I actually really did enjoy ABCD too. Um it there there it was long and it could have been easily forty minutes shorter. With some, yes. with some good, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with some story editing, um, but I really did enjoy it. Same. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like as a fun movie and a movie with really high quality dancing and choreography, ABC2 mm-hmm. was awesome. And then, yeah, Bring It On is just like it's a cult classic now. Yeah. If you, if you were, if, if you were born, like if you were a child in the '90s and the 2000s, and you don't like Bring It On, I don't understand you. Don't it's one of it's one of the things where I don't it's understand like, your brain. Same. It's just <laughs> a part of one of those movies that you saw, whether you knew it or not. Like you, it's just there. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. And I, I saying with ABDC two, I was literally like, cut two music videos, trim all montages down to two minutes, and then I'm down for it. But like. I still did enjoy it. Like, I did not find myself hating any part of it. I definitely enjoyed it. But it was just, I said, it just got long on certain parts where I was like, you gave me the point. I don't need you to keep hammering it home. You know? Yeah. But definitely enjoyed it. I have a quick question for you guys. What yeah. was your favorite yeah. dance number out of the whole thing? Because I know me and Danielle said we really loved the bar. Yeah. The, that was probably uh, my favorite. Dance. Yeah, that was probably my favorite dance and song. 
I am different. <laughs> Sorry about you, but I'm different. I'm different. I'm going to say uh, the finale, Vande Mataram. Ma- mm-hmm. Mat- okay. Mataram? Yeah, no, that one did really, I really thought it was beautiful and very moving. When you have the subtitles with the lyrics going. I yeah, want, it is really beautiful. Uh, it, it makes it so powerful. Yeah. Um, I also love, I, 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 we didn't mention this. I loved both ending both uh, how both movies have a, a post-credit scene. Oh um, yeah. 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 So I also did like happy happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, the little happy birthday song. That was really good. <laughs> Would we watch these movies again? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say yes, bring it on forever and always. I would watch ABCD2 again, but I might fast forward through some of the parts. Completely. Same. The exact yeah. same thing. Yeah. I would fast forward. I love this movie. <laughs> good. <laughs> I, I love it. I know it's long, but like, we're, I'm like, we're are we watching it. a movie or is this La Miz? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just some one or two numbers that I was just like, oh, the whole desert dance. I didn't need it. Yeah. I didn't need uh, it. No, so like, it's no. yeah, I'm with Sadie. I would definitely watch it, but there'd be moments I would just. I mean, I'd watch the whole thing and not fast forward through any of it, but like, you know, also be on my phone for parts of it. Right, like do the oh, other yeah. thing. Like I'd, 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 be, I'd have it on in the background. Oh yeah, we're yes. millennials. Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> it's called multitasking. Um, would we recommend these movies? Yes. Both yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to recommend for the three of you to watch the other movies. The yeah, first one has a little bit of ballet in it too. And then the third one, Tony, they have fire on their feet at one point. Oh, anxiety. But okay, okay. Yeah, and if you guys want to do an episode uh, covering the other movies, you give me a call. I'm ready there. I'm there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Done. Would we say that these movies are the same? I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. They start off on a very similar premise and then take it in very different directions and then sort of tie it back into a similar spot in the end. But I think the journey getting there is so significantly different that I wouldn't necessarily say they're the same movie. Oh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree. They have similar moments, but like I tried really hard to get our friends on, a, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to watch yet another movie where they mash up ballet and hip hop. No, <laughs> God, we appreciate you. For well, that. And I do think it was interesting because like, obviously like, you know, I know bringing it on so well that I'm going into ABCD2, I was like looking for like, okay, is there going to be similarities or not? And knowing, you know, what this podcast is about and what we're going to talk about, but there are a lot of similarities. There are a lot of the same tropes used, but I agree with Shady that the journey of how they both reach the end is, is vastly different. Very different. Yeah, I think I gotta agree. And you, dear listener, can at us if you feel we're wrong. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Tony and Danielle, what are your, we're going to let you go first with plugging. What are your socials? Do you want to plug yourselves or do you want to plug your podcast? We'll we'll do it all. Do it all. So the podcast is Point Your Toes and be listening because these guys are going to end up guesting with us as well. But uh, the podcast, um, we are Point Your Toes on everything. Um, We are Point, we're, we're Point Your Toes on everything and we're Point PYT 
I believe on all social media. Yeah. So if you go to Spotify, your Apple podcast, wherever you listen to it, we are just point your toes. And then, yeah, we're at point PYT for social media. Yeah. Thanks. And then my personal um, Instagram, which, um, it, well, I would say that I, you know, try, I got some good dance stuff up there, but it's um, at D underscore Kalange. That's my personal one. Mine is Williams II30, and I usually change it for my age, but I didn't. So it's going to be 30 forever. Hooray! Uh, my Twitter handle is at Movies John, and that's John with no H. Uh, mine is at Cookie O'Shady, spelled exactly how it sounds. And then our podcast, Movie Deja Vu, or, uh, you can email us. Uh, we're Movie Deja Vu Pod at gmail.com. That is m-o-v-i-e-d-e-j-a-v-u-p-o-d at gmail.com we're on facebook and instagram at movie deja vu and on twitter at movie deja uh sorry that's wrong that is so wrong reverse it reverse it reverse it we're on facebook and instagram at movie deja vu pod and we're on twitter at movie deja vu no pod because continuity it's Uh, the the, the pod got disqualified for cheating (laughs) Uh, if you want, you guys can email us, uh, tell us that we are wrong about things, or you can give us suggestions for episodes. And that's funny that I mentioned that because next week is a fan submission mm. episode. We are going to be doing Killers versus Night and Day. I hope you're ready. Nice. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, that's going to be a good one. So, <laughs> Point your toes, Danielle and Tony. Thank you again so much for doing yes, this. Thank you. This was so much yeah. fun. We'll have you come back. I don't know if you want to come back and maybe not do dance movies. Yeah. Uh, I'm here for it. I will I'm game. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next <laughs> thank week. you so Bye. much. Bye. Bye.